take no knowledge of it. Behold, in the day of the fast you seek your own pleasure, and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight, and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. It is such a fast that I choose, a day for a person to humble himself. Is it to bow down his head like a reed, and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast, and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of the wickedness, and to undo the straps of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and to bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover him, and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, and the pointing finger, and speaking wickedness. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. It brings so much life. God, will you please speak to us? Lord, we are not here to be entertained. We're not here, Father, to focus on ourselves. We're we're here, Lord, to hear what thus saith the Lord. We want to be transformed. We want to be changed. I do not have the capacity within myself to change anyone. Only you can change lives, Lord. Use me, Father. I'm standing in this morning, Father, Lord God, as if you were here uh, pleading and declaring the truth of the gospel to your people. Father God, we are hungry to hear from you this morning. Help us, Lord. Help us. Speak to us because we're looking to you. And you're the only one that can provide us what we need in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We have been in our series, and actually this is the last installment in our series called Effective Prayer. Uh, We have been really uh, learning a lot about prayer, praying in the will of God, hindrances to, to prayer. We have been talking about those and And we really have been focusing on how to have a more effective life of prayer. Um, We have coming up, and this is something that we do on a yearly basis right around Halloween time. We have what we call our annual consecration week. I want to give you an update. uh, Sorry, I'm going to give you a heads up now so that you can prepare. Normally during that week, it leads up to Halloween. And we usually would pray uh, and fast for a full week. We ask everybody during that week to minimally fast uh, one meal, uh, preferably dinner, all that week from Monday through Friday. And we meet here every day uh, during that week for prayer and fasting. So the time that we would normally be eating dinner, we come and we spend time in the presence of the Lord, crying out to him to help us. And so um, I want you to to prepare for that. You'll be hearing more about 
um, our annual consecration week. Uh, we have obviously myself will be speaking. We usually have other people speak and we have guests come in. And so we want you to be aware and, and start to write that down. And because I don't want it to happen that when it gets closer, you say, well, I didn't know about fasting and I wasn't prepared for it. So usually it's the last week leading up to I don't have the exact dates right now. But it said last week leading up to Halloween. How many know when the devils they're out there praying about witches and demons? We're going to be praying about Jesus Christ being Lord over this community and crushing all the spiritual wickedness that are that is around us. But as we talk about this whole thing of fasting, I, I see that some of you, your faces light up. You're just so excited about fasting. I wish you could see what I see right now. It is the most incredible thing. Uh, but. Fasting is the greatest spiritual discipline for seeking God's intervention for your life. In fact, combined with prayer, they together make up the most critical weapons of spiritual warfare in your life. See, the enemy knows that when a believer gets really serious about prayer, that's when he starts to get concerned about your life. Because, see, if we're not serious about prayer and fasting, then we have a tendency to do things in our own strength, in our own power. How many know you can't accomplish what God wants you to accomplish in your own strength? You, you and I cannot make a difference. We can't save nobody. We can't change our lives. We can only do it as God help us. Amen? And so this issue of fasting is one that is probably not the most popular among the subjects that we can talk about, but I can say this, that it is the most powerful. Because when you get serious about, about fasting and prayer, you get heaven's attention. Because you are making a decision to turn down or to turn up your dinner plate. Now, how many know that food is what we use to eat and to live? Some folks live to eat, but how many know it's supposed to be the other way around? We're supposed to eat to live. Uh, but we sometimes, you know, in America, they talked about the other day how we're just, we're, we're not taking care of ourselves health-wise. So there's another case for fasting, but that's not the reason to fast, okay? But, but, but what we must realize and understand is that this is a potent weapon. And if you have been saved for any length of time, fasting should be a part of your spiritual discipline. Some folks don't look, Jesus expected you to fast. When you look at you look through the Bible, Paul, uh, Moses, Elijah, Peter, John, all of them fasted before there were any great move of God. There was always coupled with fasting and prayer. You see, fasting takes your prayer life to a whole nother dimension. How many of you need that to happen? When you get serious and when you say, I'm going to call a fast, what you're really saying is the Lord, I'm willing to interrupt my whole entire day, my whole entire life to spend time seeking you. I'm even, Lord, going to deny my flesh. How many know that's big? For some people, it's really big to turn up your plate of food and to let go of the chicken, the collard greens and the pork chops. How many know it's hard to let go of the steak? But when you get serious before God, you're saying, God, I'm willing to let all that go because right now I got some things. And if you don't move, I ain't going to make it. When you read the Bible, you look in the word of God, you see over and over and over again that when the people of God got in trouble, not only did they pray, 
but they fast and pray. I said before, it's not a popular thing, but if you get a hold of this this morning, let me tell you something. Your prayer life will never, ever be the same. Some of you got stuff that you're dealing with. You know the only way the Bible says there's something that can only be broken through fasting and prayer. There's some strongholds in life. The only way to break free is that you can't just pray. You got to fast and pray because when you pray, you're interrupting. You're suppressing. When you fast, you are suppressing your flesh, man. See, the Bible says those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. And see, what happens is that, that after a while, even though we're walking with God, we, how many know we don't, we don't always walk with God? Amen. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I mean, we walk with God, but we don't always walk with God because our flesh is always in the way. And so what needs to happen is the more that we can put our spirit man up front, then we'll be positioning ourselves for God to move and use us and do extraordinary things through our lives. But everybody wants, everybody, everybody wants God to move. But how many know we, 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 it's going to cost you something, baby? It's going to cost you. It it's going to cost you a couple of dinners. If you get some of you right now, you're struggling with, 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 with marriages and financial issues. You got all kind of things. And you really don't know how you're going to make it. Have you ever considered, I need to fast? I need to get serious because when you fast, you're saying God, God, all of heaven stands up in attention and say, whoa, they're serious now. Because when you fast and you do it right, you don't just fast your food, but you, 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 like, you interrupt your ordinary life. That means that the things that you do on a day to day basis on this time when you have a time, you know, I tell our kids we have a time of consecration. Everybody participate in the fast. Amen. I mean, no, it ain't going to kill our kids to miss a meal. I'm just saying, when, when, listen, I'm going to give you biblical reason for it. But when you get, let me tell you something, when there's a time when you are fasting, when you need God to show up, listen, everybody who's going to be affected need to pray about this thing. Let's do this thing together. And when you read the word of God, and any time that they fasted, God always showed up. He always, you can look in the Bible anywhere where you'll find that the people of God fasted. God always showed up, but yet the devil tries to keep us off our knees. He don't want you to miss any meals. So that fasting stuff don't work. Let me tell you something. It takes you to a whole nother level and Satan knows it. He ain't afraid of a person that works a lot. He's afraid of somebody who's on their knees a lot. Fasting. Satan gets afraid of that. It's no wonder why he tried to keep the people of God from praying together. You know, he works overtime for that. He works overtime to keep you off your knees. He wanted to get you so worried till you can't focus. And he wanted to keep you so busy. How many know that business is one of the weapons Satan used all the time to trap the people of God? I'm just busy serving the Lord. How many know you need to be busy sometimes? You need to pray. You need to make time in his presence. I tell people all the time, doing church work is good. Doing work is great. I mean, we need to do that. But how many know that can't take place of getting into his presence? Can't take place of that because we need him. We need him to live. So fasting is it's an act of worship. It's a part of who we are. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 through verses 3. You can turn there if you like. I think we have it on the screen. Deuteronomy chapter number 8. We turn there real, real quickly. We'll begin reading in verse number one. I love this verse. 
says, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe. How many know it's important to obey the Lord? Uh-huh. That you may live and what? Multiply and go in and possess. You know, part of possessing land is obedience. I know we don't like to talk about that much in church nowadays, but how many know it's true? Possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. And watch this. You shall remember that the Lord your God led you all these 40 years in the wilderness. How many you feel like you've been in the wilderness for a minute? <laughs> Say it with me. To humble you and to test you. The God, God doesn't give me tests. Oh, yes, he does. To know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. How many know you really don't know how far you are in the Lord or how spiritual you are until the heat is turned up in your life? You can tell me all the stuff you want about how anointed you are, how this and that, but you don't really know how strong of a believer you really are until the heat gets turned up. That's why I just stay humble. I, I just know where I am. I don't try to look. I don't know what I do in situations with pressure. I, I really don't know. If somebody, like so one brother, man, somebody come up to me with a shotgun and they tell me to deny Jesus, I'm going to stand. I'm not going to do it. You know what I used to say? I said, look, I pray God give me the grace to say no. Because you don't really know until you get the heat turned up on you. He, so he humbled you. He allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. Watch this. That he might make you to know that man shall not live by bread alone. Here we go. But man lives by every what? Word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now that is significant. That is a very potent. That thing is loaded. He said man does not live by bread alone. But by every word. In other words, we got to come to a point where we recognize that God really is our source. And that the reason that you're living and breathing this morning is not because of the food that's on your plate. It's because of him. He how many know he can stop your breathing at any second. Because he's what? He's God. He's Lord. He's call him whatever you want. He is. I am will be a good name. Come on. He said, man, don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's how we live our life. And so what fasting does is it brings us back to a place where we recognize that we really need him. It reminds us that he is our source. Every time I fast, that's one of the things that happen to me is it's just a reminder of, of, of who I belong to. It, it, it forces me to focus on the one who is the supplier of all of my need. He is my life. He is my life. So man should not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Let us lay a little foundation for fasting because I know that, that when you hear this message today, when you, after it's done, that you're going to start fasting if you haven't yet. Some of you will go into a fast right away because you realize the power of it. See, if you ever get a revelation about what fasting would do, you'd do it more. Somebody say amen. Watch this. Uh, Matthew chapter number 6. Verse 16 through 18. Move there real quick with it. I don't think we're going to be too long today. I don't think. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter number 6, verses 16 through 18. 
Amen. Are you there? You say amen. amen. Moreover, now watch this. When you fast. Now this is Jesus talking. Now, now understand something. He didn't say if you fast. What did he say? Amen. Boy, y'all reading your Bible. Hey. Well, well, I'm not I don't need to fast, Pastor, because there's no commandment to fast. Look at the neighbor and say, let's grow up. Because <laughs> it's not about that. It's about what do you want God to do in your life? How many know the Bible says that he's a present help in time of trouble? So I seek him, I worship him, I praise him, and yes, I fast because I need him. Don't, I don't need no command to go to him in prayer. Watch this. He said, moreover, when you fast, not if, but when, do not be like the hypocrites. Watch this. With a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be what? Fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, talking you believers, you anointed ones. But when you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face. So that, when, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your heavenly father who is in the secret place. And your heavenly and your father who sees in secret will reward you what? Openly. Now watch this. So here's what, here's what a lot of the Pharisees would do. You know, a lot of times they would fast you know, because they understood the importance of fasting. They knew that fasting take your prayer life to a whole nother level. They understood that. But a lot of times what they would do is they did it for show. How many know that fasting ain't about showing? That's right. It's not about show. So what they would do is they would try to look all ugly. They wouldn't brush their teeth. They wouldn't wash their face. Their hair, they, they was musty. They stalk and they walk around. What, what you been doing? But I've been fasting, seeking the Lord. Because you need to know how spiritual I am. The Bible says that that was, their, that was the extent of their reward. Because you can't be a people pleaser and be a God seeker. Oh, no. You got to do one or the other. It can't be that way. And so they were disfigured. They would just look ugly. And you never know that you meet people who want everybody. Listen, you, I want everybody to know I'm fasting. Now, it's one thing to say, brother, I want you to know I'm fasting because, you know, I'm, I need you to fast with me. I need you to come in agreement because, you know, they, we ain't talking about that. We're talking about the, the, how many know fasting is not about us. Fasting is about you and me becoming one with him that we're denying everything about ourselves so that we can get connected. How many of you have internet? Have you ever tried to get on the internet and, and it don't work? You can't get connected. I, I mean, you know, that's frustrating. That's how a lot of Christians are. They're trying to get online, but they can't. Because how many know our motives got to be right? That when we're fasting, we're praying. How I many know it cannot be about us? When I, when I, when I say I'm going to fast, that means when I say I'm going to seek the Lord. That means I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm getting me out of the way. I'm coming to him because I need God to move on my behalf. Amen. And I am not coming. It's not about me. Pharisees, they were so religious, eh? Well, you know, you just got to, you know, uh, see how spiritual I am. When you fast, how I many know it ain't about, you don't need to show up, everybody, let everybody know how spiritual you are. If you're spiritual, just walk, just don't have to say nothing. Some of the most spiritual people I know don't talk much. You don't have, they don't have to go and tell you how spiritual they are. They just, they just live it. You just see it in their life. So watch this. 
Now, now look, look at this. Turn with me to, uh, to 2 Chronicles chapter number 20. We're laying a foundation here. 2 Chronicles chapter number 20. Somebody's going to get help this morning. Hallelujah. 2 Chronicles chapter number 20. Somebody's going to get help. Now, Jehoshaphat. Now, let's talk, look at some biblical occasions for fasting. Now, Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah, and he found himself in trouble. How many of you found yourself in trouble every now and then? <laughs> oh, Lord. Every now and then you find yourself in trouble. That's, you know what? How many know trouble sometimes is a good thing? Because, see, if you weren't in trouble, you wouldn't know that God can deliver you unless you went through some stuff. And one of the things that I learned about God is that he is, a lot of the things that he's doing in, your, in our lives, he's making a ministry out of our life. The more anointed you want to be, sometimes the more you got to suffer. Amen. Y'all don't want to hear that, do you? Y'all don't really want me to tell you the truth, do you? How many know Jesus was anointed? Amen. Was there anybody more anointed than Jesus? Did he suffer? He went through some stuff. Well, let's look at his apostles. What about them? Did they suffer when he left? <laughs> I know. I don't, you don't want to hear that, but I've just got to tell you the truth. Sometimes you got, you got to go through stuff because what, what happened is that, that, that when you're going through some stuff that man can't help you with. How many know there's some things that people just can't help you with? Amen. You can, I mean, every now and then, you know, you find yourself sometimes trying to explain to people. And you got to talk to his brother. I've learned that you, I ain't got time. Look, I don't mean no harm, but you can't really help me. I know you love me. I know you say you pray. That's good. Please pray for me. But you really can't help me. God loves to get us in situations where he is the only one that can pull us out. He, he, he loves. I mean, God loves that. And you learn to love it, too, because when God delivers you, how many know you get your praise on? You start shouting and people say, why are you making all that noise in church? But you don't know what they just went through. I used to sit in church and then I see somebody get happy and excited. And then I find out later what happened. And you got some of the self-righteous folks sitting there. Why? They just need to sit in the church and shut up and be quiet. People have been going through hell and high water and God just delivered them. And you're going to tell them to be quiet? The devil is a liar. That's why the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Oh, come to the church and just be quiet. I like the quiet worship. Don't nobody talk. Yeah. You're going to hate heaven. Because yeah. it's loud. Glory, honor, blessing, power be unto him, the Lamb of God who was slain from the foundations of the earth. Amen. How many know when billions and billions or however gazillions of people are saying that, it probably ain't going to be quiet. So for those of you who like quiet, enjoy it now. Well, you won't enjoy it much here because we ain't too quiet here. But, but you know, you, you won't be that way in heaven. Because when God brings you through some stuff, you've been fasting, you've been praying, you've been believing, you've been hoping, you've been crying out to God. And when he brings you through, you will give him the praise. So some of you right now, you're going through some stuff. You don't know, you can't figure out why you're having to go through it. Hold on. Hold on. Don't quit. Don't give up. Your change is about to come. Listen, listen. God is doing some stuff. Yes, the Bible says, listen, God, God knows. Yes, yes. 
He knows what his children, the Bible says he hears the prayers of the righteous and his ears are sometimes open. Always open. Always. So listen, if there's some trouble in your life, don't worry about it. Get ready. Stand up in faith and watch what God will do in your life. This is a part of what we do. God just liked to look at the read your Bible. How many of you like how many of you read your Bible? Trouble every, every one of the saints went through some stuff. The ones that we read about, we brag about. We, I mean, we read this stuff, we brag about them. Every one of them came through it. They went through some stuff and God delivered them. Amen. He made a way out of nowhere. And, and so here you find, here you find the Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, he don't know. He, hear, he hears the word. Israel has always been a small nation, small people, and Jehoshaphat gets word that there, there are several nations coming up against you. Matter of fact, there was the Moabites, the Jebusites, the Minyanites, and every other kind of ite was coming up against the people of God. Judah knew. He understood that we, we are small people. We can't fight these people. You see, God said he chose Israel not because they were the biggest among nations. He said, because you were the smallest. <laughs> yes. God loved to choose folks that nobody else liked. God loved to take and use folks that everybody else looked at and say, ah, oh, you won't amount to much. Amen. How many know that there's, I'm going to tell you something. When you have a humble heart and you believe God, anything can happen. Oh, uh, anything. How many, how many of you believe that? So, so here, Joe, so Jehoshaphat, he comes, Jehoshaphat, he says, he, the Bible said that he was scared. He got words, said, look, they're coming up against you. He knew what that meant. That meant the annihilation of his nation. Amen. What you going to do when you get word that your whole world is about to be turned upside down? You don't know how you're going to get out of this situation. I mean, this is hard. I mean, this is something you've never experienced. You have no, you don't know. This is the difficult situation I find myself. What are you going to do? Jehoshaphat, he realizes the significance of the moment. And what does he do? Let's take a look at it. In 2 Chronicles chapter number 1, 2nd 20, I'm sorry, 2 Chronicles chapter number 20, verses 1 through 4. Watch this. And it happened after this that the people of Moab, and the people of Amnon and others with them, besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Watch this. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are in Hazizan, Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared. How many know sometimes fear try to jump up on you? Some of you right now, you're dealing with that right now. You, you, you're scared. Let the truth be told. You, you, you don't know what's going to happen. Watch this. He feared, but watch this. And he set himself to do what? Seek the Lord and proclaim a fast just in his house. Whew. Throughout all Jerusalem and Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord now look at verse number 13 in that same chapter watch this for those of you who have your Bible now all Judah 
with their little ones, their wives, and their children stood before the Lord. Now, Jehoshaphat was afraid. He did not know what was going to take place. He could have got, I like what it says he feared, but I like it better that the Bible says that after he feared, he set himself to seek the Lord. Because sometimes when we fear, we make dumb choices. You know, when we act out of fear, we do irrational stuff, right? But he feared, but, but he knew enough to say, you know what? I'm going to take this to the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast. And he said, no, no, everybody going to fast because this is going to affect the whole nation. See, the children, all the children, everybody. I mean, the Bible says that, that the ch- every, all of the, the little ones, they're all standing there before the Lord. Lord, help. Sometimes you don't know what to pray. Just say help. Amen. Sometimes, you, you know, you ever try to find the words? And you, I don't know what to say, Lord. Just, Lord, help. Amen. I'm in trouble. Amen. Sometimes that's your best prayer. Lord, I'm in trouble. I'm in tr- I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how to get up out of this. Help. And the Bible says, if you read that, I can't, I don't have time to, to go over it. But, but, but it was a time of crisis. Some of you right now, you're going through a time of crisis. That you need to set your face like they did and say, I'm going to seek the Lord. And everything up in here got to do it with me. And they begin to seek the Lord. And the Bible says that as they were worshiping and praising God, because they were fasting. And they were praying that a prophet spoke, said, you don't need to fight this battle. Stand still and see for this battle is not yours, but it belongs to God. God heard Jehoshaphat. He cried out to the Lord. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. I don't know what to do. I don't I don't have any money. I don't know how I'm going to get up out of this situation. But God, I'm looking to you and I'm going to stand on your word. Because you said you are my provider. And I'm your servant. I'm your child. God, I need you to help me. And I'm not going anywhere. You got to be like Jacob. He wrestled with God until he got a breakthrough. Sometimes you just got to stand in there. And believe God. And the Bible says that God came through. That that, that Jehoshaphat, I'll just paraphrase. Jehoshaphat got all the musicians together. He got everybody together. And the Bible said that they all had a praise party. But, but they had not got the manifestation of the victory yet. Read it in your spare time. They had not got the manifestation of the victory. In fact, in fact, all they, were, all they got was a prophetic word. They just got a word that God's going to, you don't need to fight. God's going to make a way for you. And God showed up. Amen. And the Bible says that he turned their enemies against each other. They end up killing them themselves. They didn't have to raise up one sword. You know why? You know why? Because they turned to the Lord and he was their help. God, see, see, Israel won't going to make it. Ain't no way with their little puny little nation where they're going to be able to fight against three nations. No way. It was going to, they knew they had no shot and God showed up and routed the enemies. Why? But let me tell you what it started with. What did it start with? Fasting and prayer. God hears the prayers of his people. You want to take your life to a whole nother level? Start fasting. 
But pastor, when shall I do it? Whenever you want to. Whenever you feel, just do it. Sometimes you may just get an impromptu in your, in your spirit. I just need to not eat. And I just need to, I need to just pray and fast. Because I'm in crisis. And crisis can be different from, from person to person. All of us are going through some stuff, right? Amen. You're going through some things. So they were in, they were in crisis and, and God showed up. God showed up. Remember Jesus in Matthew chapter number four, verse one. Think about it. I want you to think with me for a moment because, I'm, because this is so important that you get this. Before Jesus started his ministry, what did he do? His public ministry. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Hear that. Jesus was led by the spirit to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. That's amazing to me. He didn't get hungry until after 40 days. <laughs> I mean, some of us can't get past one day. You know what I'm talking about. We can't get an hour. We miss a meal, man. We start flipping. Convulsion. <laughs> He said, after 40 days, then Jesus got hungry. But you know why? Because he lived his life in such a way that all the time, man does not live by bread alone. I live by every word of God. He was all the time fasting, turning up his, it was a way of life for him. Jesus, the Bible said Jesus was anointed, right? I mean, he, he did great miracles. He did great work. But it began when he got serious and he's fasted accompanied with Prayer, prayer and fasting, fasting and prayer. They work hand in hand. That's how he began his ministry. The Apostle Paul began his ministry the same way in Acts chapter, I believe, 13. They were all ministering, praying together. How I many they believe the Apostle Paul is a mighty man of God, a mighty man of faith, a man who did many miracles while they were there praying. Now, now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, the Barnabas and Simon, who was calling Niger, who, who was called Niger. Lucius of Cyrene, Minion, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetriot and Saul. Watch this. As they ministered to the Lord and what? Pastor. See, I'm trying to get y'all to see this. The Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I called them to do. Amen. How's your fasting life? How often do you fast? Or do you even fast at all? I'm trying to get you to see that if you want God to move, in your life, we need to turn up our dinner plate sometime and say, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to eat today because I need God to help me. Maybe you're, going, maybe you're battling a sickness, but I need the Lord to move. Financial hardship. You can't pay your bills. You're struggling. I need a breakthrough. I need, a break. I need to fast because, again, it takes your prayer life to a whole nother level. Now watch this. Now watch this. Here, here's some other reasons for fasting. I want you to write this down. Number one, you want to draw closer to God. The greatest, listen to me, the greatest benefit of fasting is getting close to God. You know, there's a scripture that says in Psalms, it says that in the presence of the Lord is fullness of what? Joy. How many need joy? Jesus said, I'll give you kind of joy, the kind of peace that the world can't take away from you. You know, a lot of people, you know, many millions, millionaires and all these people getting facelifts and 
all kind of stuff, and they are not happy. You know why? Because they have no joy. They have no peace. And you're thinking, and we buy the lie sometimes. Oh, if I had more. No, no, all you need is what you got, Jesus. If you understood him more, that's what we need. We don't need more stuff. We just need more God. We need more Jesus. Fasting brings you to that place. See, the more you, see when you fast, what happens is that, 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 that you connect with God and you become one with him. And when you become one with him, his character begins to come through your life. His, his, way, his ways and the way he thinks, the way, the way he responds, you begin to take on that. Why? Because you are one with him. You are denying yourself. And one of the best, how many of you have ever felt like from time to time you're not that close to God? Have you ever felt that? that not, not you may not even necessarily be doing any kind of a sin or anything like that, but you, that just, I just don't feel close to God today. Let me tell you something. One of the best ways to catapult the feeling of being close to God is fasting. I tell you what, whenever I fast, I feel I am never, I've never feel, I never feel more closer to God than when I pray and fast. I mean, there are times then I just start worshiping. I'll just start crying and stuff just start happening. And I, 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 I'm still broke. I ain't got no money. But boy, I am just overloaded with joy and peace and happiness and confidence and boldness. I know that he's going to make a way for me. I just know it. I don't, you know, because I just been in his presence. Let me tell you, when you get in his presence, when you start fellowshipping with him, he just wipe away stuff, worries and complaints and cares. Look at the name and say, turn the TV off. Turn it off. Turn off the radio. Put down your iPads, except when you're preaching from it. Get off the internet. Put down the video games. And when you're driving down the road, just feed your spirit. See, when you fast, one of the things you got to remember, listen, if you're going to really do a fast, then you got to interrupt your normal way of doing things. And he need to tell the kids, say, look, kids, here's what's happening. We're in trouble. And I know we're used to having dinner and lunch at this, these hours. I know we're used to doing this, but not today. Not today or not for the next couple of days, not for the next week, because we are in trouble. We need God to move. Amen. And I believe that entertainment is what the devil used to lull about a lot of God's people to sleep and divert attention away from God. I really believe that. We just disconnected one of our TV and we about to disconnect another one. And I ain't saying it because of a legalism thing. I'm just saying it because I just want to get closer. Amen. I just, I just got to move. Sometimes we just got to get stuff out of our way to just keep, well, just, just get out of the way. Yeah. Some things, you know, just, in our, not that, you know, like I said, not that they're bad. They're just in the way. I can't get to where I need to get to. I need him. Somebody turn the air down for me a little bit. Thank you, brother. Because I'm feeling good, so I know when I'm feeling real good, y'all hurting out there. They're awake now, brother, so we can turn it, turn it up. You get a little warm in here. They're not going to fall asleep. Another, another, way, another reason to fast is to, to repent and to break sin habits. Some of us are dealing with sin problems, sin habits, things that we can't break. One of the best way to do that, handle that, is, is through fasting. Because in its core, fasting has to deal with denying your flesh. You are empowered. Let me tell you something. When you fast and pray over sin habits, don't just pray. You fast and pray, you get power to overcome stuff. 
things you say, I can't stop doing. Start fasting. Well, I, I don't know. They keep it in the house. Well, call me over. I'll come and take all the food out of your house. And I'll bring it back after the fast. So do whatever you get. Sometimes you got to do whatever you got to do to make it. But some sin habits can't be broken unless prayer along with fasting. We also want to fast. We want to seek direction. We want to get wisdom from God about situations that we're dealing with in our life. I mean, God wants to answer his kids. God is not playing hide and go seek. I'm telling you, he's not. If we're finding that God is not talking to you, something is wrong. God is not playing games. I mean, God doesn't play games with people. He loves his kids. God's not going to listen. You cry out to him day and night and he's going to ignore you. The devil is a liar. He's going to act like you don't exist. No, God is working. You may not, just like we sung this morning's song, God is working. He's still working. He's working. And sometimes it takes a few, sometimes it takes days and months, sometimes years. But you can best believe that if you're walking with God and you're putting your trust in him, you won't be disappointed in the end. You're going to come out on top. Do you hear me? Now, now in the last, last thing we're going to read, look, turn to Isaiah chapter 58. Now watch this. Because... Now, you understand the importance of fast. Amen? You understand the importance of fasting. You understand that it is a tool in our arsenal in order to get us victory and to bring us into a place where God can really move. But how many know that there are some things that hinder our fast? Because we got to give you the whole truth. Amen? Amen. Because there's sometimes you can fast and pray, but if you don't, if you don't attend to the things God wants you to deal with, uh, you could be doing it for nothing. Because at its core, we, remember we talked about fasting and prayer a moment ago. I said that when you fast, you, you, you get closer to God, that you become one with him. And when you become one with him, how many know that God changes you? You can't be in his presence, not really, and not be changed. Do you hear me? When you spend time in God's presence, when Moses spent all that time with God up in that mountain, the Bible said when he came down, his face was glowing with the anointing of God, because he's just been in the presence of God. When you, know, you get in the presence of God, it, you, don't tell me you've been in the presence of God and you ain't changing. You're still mad. You're still angry. You're still not forgiven, but I just finished talking to God. No, you didn't. Because the closer you get to God, how many know, he, he just melts you. He breaks down some stuff in your life. Now watch this. Watch this. It says, now, this is Isaiah chapter 58, verse 1. Cry aloud. Actually, I'm going to read this in a New Living Translation. Can y'all bear with me? I'm going to, I want to get it because I think the New Living Translation really uh, makes it very clear so that uh, we, can, we can get it. Now watch this. He says here, shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple. Now I want y'all to hear me. Y'all listen to say amen. Now now hear the word of the Lord. Watch this now. They come to the temple every day and they seem delighted to learn all about me. But they act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of God. In other words, if you look at them on the surface, they look anointed. How many know everything that looks anointed ain't always anointed? I say everything that looks anointed ain't always anointed. 
whatever that looks like. They asked me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. Pretending. How many know God knows when we're pretending? Uh huh. How many know God knows our heart? He knows what we think before it comes into our brain. He knows why we do what we do. See, we can trick one another, but how many know you can't trick him? He knows exactly where you are. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what's going on in your head. Now watch it. He says, now watch. They ask me, they ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? So, so listen to the situation. Now, they've been seeking the Lord. They, they've been, or in their version of seeking the Lord, they have been fasting. So they were expecting, you know, I, I've gone through this. I'm fasting and praying. The pastor said fast and pray. So ain't nothing happening. What's wrong, pastor? What's wrong, sister? What's wrong, brother? Because you said fast and pray, but there's no happening. What's up? Watch it. God responded, I will tell you why. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance or repentance. You bow in your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in a burlap. In other words, you, you, got the, you look sharp. You got the baggy clothes. And cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? How many know God is serious about this thing? No, this is the kind of fasting that I want. Now watch this. This is going to set somebody free. Watch this. Free those who are wrongly in prison. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide your... Do not hide from your relatives who need your help. Answer your phone call when your brother and sister call you. Your uncles, your grandmother. Isn't that what it says? Do not hide from your relatives who need your help. (laughs) Watch this. Then your salvation will come like the dawn. I love this. And your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward. And the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. How many of you ever drive a car and you go to get in the next lane and you thought you caught it on the rearview mirror, but then you move over, you hear the horn (laughs) because you didn't see that car on this side, but you thought you saw it. See, how many of everybody got some blind spots? How many of the devil is always trying to get you when you're unaware? God says, when you when you walk with me, when you fast away, I want you to fast. He said, I'll cover you. He said, the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. You don't have to worry about people trying to plot against you when you're walking with God. No weapon formed against you will prosper. He says, says, then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here, and he will quickly reply. Good God Almighty. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your fingers and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry. Help those who are in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. And the Lord will guide you continually. Giving you water when you are dry. How many feel dry sometimes? Sometimes we feel dry. First thing we say, well, I need to I need to change jobs. I need to change husbands. I need to change church. I need to change my wife. No, we just need to get in his presence some more. 
We just need to be watered. Whenever you feel dry, that's a sign that you just need to get watered in his presence. He says, the Lord, verse number 11, the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a repairer or rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath and everything that you do that day and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I 